Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I am joined here by my delightful co-host, Bree Tucker. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we are like, go like back to school started, Bree. Yeah. Um, I don't know about all of you out there, but my kids are back in virtual learning. The district has uh, shut down in-person classes for two weeks because Arizona's COVID rates are through the roof. Yeah, uh, we're number one. We're number one. No, we should not be proud of that. Yeah. When you're in this situation, I feel like the best way to deal with it is with humor. And so the more you can laugh, the better <laughs> you will survive. And that's... Is, <laughs> I mean, I think that's honestly the motto for the last year, mm -hmm. right? It's just like it, it, not... Trust me, the, the laughing is not not taking it seriously. Yeah. It's just the way to deal with the stress of it, the, the constant mechanism. stress. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's a coping mechanism. Like, okay, let's find something, something good to kind of find some humor in this somehow. Exactly. <laughs> so if your kids are here and if they're in virtual learning or if they're an in-person, one thing probably plagues you and that's their homework and schoolwork. I know, right? Because no matter what format you have going on, that doesn't go away. I think a lot of us, when we hear homework, we think of the traditional homework. Mm -hmm. When our kids are in school, they're in-person learning, which is so funny because like in-person learning, not even a phrase we used. Like I know. Like, who, who would have thought that we'd have described school as in-person learning right until now honestly like not even in March it wasn't like considered in-person learning I don't think like we didn't have that converse that keyword until no. the, the fall of this year of this past year but anyways I digress homework we think about as the thing that gets sent home that our children do after they get out of their in-person learning mm -hmm. and so it's taken on this whole new persona per se for for kids that are doing the virtual learning too because right. so sometimes when we say homework parents are like oh my kid doesn't have homework anymore mm -hmm. but no. it's really all schoolwork it and is all assignments that they do at home yes 100 percent. so today we are going to tackle that question that i know i get a lot what is the right amount of homework because oh my gosh i hear these stories like one of my friends she had a child who was a first grader at the time and they mm -hmm. were spending two hours a night on homework like it took over their entire evening this little six-year-old not okay. Not okay. Totally not okay. And as a parent, you're afraid to push back against the teacher because you think in your head, like all these other families are to have it under control and are doing this homework and she's not hearing any complaints from anyone else. So right. of course this must be normal. It's not normal. We're going to dig into that today and we're going to tell you exactly what you can do to take that homework stress out of your life. Are you ready to make homework your kid's responsibility instead of yours? This episode is brought to you by the Drama-Free Homework Checklist. In it, you'll discover the four simple steps to encourage your child to take ownership of their homework. Get it at noguiltmom.com backslash DFH. That stands for Drama-Free Homework, DFH-Checklist. Or follow the link in the show notes. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, let's, let's get into this, Brie. So like... 
this is something that causes me so much anxiety when I talk to parents about this because they'll say like, yeah, we came home and then we had like dance practice and then we had soccer practice. You know, we're talking normal times here. Or we we came home and we still had to sit down and do this gigantic spelling packet or do like 20 questions worth of math. And my kid was crying and I was ready to cry and I just don't know what we can do. We hate homework. Oh yeah. And I think that the, I think every parent has been through that at some point in time or another. What gets rough is when you're just at a loss on how to help them. And again, like you feel alone because you're like, is it just my kid? Yeah. Does my kid just not get it? Or and then you get to the point too where I'm already there, where my child has surpassed my my natural ability to help them with their homework. Mm-hmm. My son has already kicked my butt in math skills. He is beyond my help. So he knows when he comes to me, I get stressed out because a lot I'm of like, people feel that way oh, about no. math, right? Yeah. So it just there's a lot of things that cause us as parents stress. And you being a former teacher, you, we've had so many conversations about this. How it's not meant to cause stress. It's not. It's not meant to cause as much stress as it does. And, you know, it helps to hear that. Yeah. It really does. It does because we feel like we're all alone. And let me just tell you, you are not alone. If you are feeling the stress from homework, there is something going on. And I want you, as you listen to this episode, take note of these four things. And if one of them is happening to you Take action on it. We're going to give you some really concrete action steps you can do right away. So let's get into it. All right. Okay. So the first thing, if you are feeling like homework is too much, look at the time it takes. So most districts follow the PTA's guidelines. They put out a set of guidelines that say that appropriate amount of homework for kids is 10 minutes per grade level. Oh, well, right there. That gets shot out of the water by a lot of times. Yeah. Right? So like <laughs> kindergarten, first grade, they should have 10 minutes of homework a night, not two hours. Uh, second graders should have 20, third graders should have 30, and so on and so on until you get to about like high school. And then it becomes a bit fuzzy because they're getting into like more subject material. Right. More More critical thinking. So that would automatically have like different different amounts of time yes but one thing that was really interesting that you were that you had shared when we were talking about this whole PT recommendation that the 10 minutes includes the required reading it includes required reading so when I was a fifth grade teacher our district said that okay you need to have 50 minutes of homework because I taught fifth grade 50 minutes of homework each night and that includes 30 minutes of self-reading so really it should have been only 20 minutes of schoolwork in there right which I can't even think of the last time that my kid had 20 minutes of homework when uh, yeah no even in fifth grade no I don't think so yeah so it gets a little fuzzy Mm -hmm. because kids you know they need balance in their life they need to be able to play and if you hear that and you're like oh my gosh 10 minutes of homework per grade level that's totally doable right that is actually what is suggested now many districts like I said mine did they have a homework policy and you can find this homework policy in their student manual or the parent manual that they like give out at the first day of school so if you feel like it's going longer than that first look at that homework policy See what the district recommends or what the school recommends. And then second, talk to the teacher. Tell them. Just tell them. Like, you're not placing blame when you talk to the teacher. You're not being a complainer when you talk to the teacher. You just say, hey, we're coming home from school and it's taking us two hours to get the homework done. Is this what you expect to happen? Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. I love how you said that. 
that. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times uh, we're frustrated as parents and it's taking forever. My kid is getting mad and now all of a sudden isn't liking school or starting to move in that that realm of like, oh, I don't want to go to school. I hate school, blah, blah, blah. And when you hear that, it's only supposed to be 10 minutes and your child is taking an hour to get it done at home. I think a lot of parents we immediately jump to it's some, the teacher's doing something wrong. Yeah. So when I would reach out to write to that teacher, then I would need to take a step back and calm down and say from the objective point of view, I'm not saying that the teacher's doing anything wrong. I'm not saying my kid isn't smart enough. What I'm saying is what you just said, just the facts. When you yes. reach out to the teacher, just share the facts. It is taking this long to get homework done. Is this what you expected? Yeah. I like to look at it as like an outside observer. So if yeah. someone came in who didn't know your family, who didn't know your kids, who didn't know the teacher, if they could come in and they could hear what you say and they're like, yep, check, that definitely happened, then you have it right. So if you say, you know what? I can't believe you would assign this homework, this much homework each night. This is totally irresponsible. An outside observer can't come in and be like, mm, is this teacher irresponsible? Mm, don't know about that. Right. So and it, not knowing the situation. like, mm -hmm. And I think that also puts you on the defensive, right? If someone yes. called me a name or insulted me, I immediately stop listening with that open mind and start going to this person's attacking me. Yes. I need to either defuse the person mm -hmm. or start defending myself. Either way, you have lost my full attention. Yes. And you have lost my ability. It it has made it where I'm less likely to listen to you and to mm -hmm. meet you in the middle. Yeah. Because now I'm on the defense. And you're not focused on solving the problem anymore. You're right. focused on really keeping care of your own ego. Right. Right. So Which like happens. just the tone. So like look at the time, reach out to the teacher if it's more than what the, what's recommended, but be objective. Yes. Be objective. Be, be, be objective. objective. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know so why. Sorry, oh, it's the be aggressive. It, it followed the same rhythm. <laughs> be aggressive. Be, be. Yeah, that wasn't planned. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, okay. I was not a cheerleader, by the way. Neither was I. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> I've learned everything about cheerleading from Bring It On. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think we all learned a lot from Bring It On. Yeah, that's it. So, I digress. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> now I want to sing the Tauros. <laughs> okay, here we go. Focus. So we talked about looking at the time. Uh, the second thing is you shouldn't have to reteach. Oh, that's a big one because I feel like a lot of times I was reteaching when my kids were in elementary school. Yep. You should not have to reteach because appropriate homework asks kids to use a skill they've already learned and semi, I don't want to say mastered because homework really is to practice that skill, but they've grasped enough that they can look at the work they did in class and then practice that skill during homework. So it doesn't mean that you are going on YouTube and you are finding videos on how to teach the skill or that you are going and researching like this new common core method and learning it yourself. It doesn't mean that you do not need to do that. I, I take that responsibility away from you right now. No longer your job. I take it away. I take it away. <laughs> no longer your job. Uh, because 
also the teacher doesn't want you to reteach. They right. taught in a specific way. And when we start saying things different ways to kids, instead of keeping like the same vocabulary and having the same steps, it really confuses them. Mm-hmm. So when they're learning something the first time, it is good just to base their knowledge on the teacher's instruction and see how they do with that focus. Then if something doesn't work out later, well, that's another conversation. But you do not need to reteach what the teacher taught in class. Okay, so that brings me to a uh, an experience I had with my daughter when she was in I don't know, second grade maybe. And I'm going to roll this out to you and then I would love your feedback because I feel like other parents were probably in my shoes. Yes. So second grade, my daughter started just having, struggling a lot in math, had lots and lots of problems with her math homework. She'd come home. I don't know how to do it. Um, So we would look back on the homework because the homework always had references back to other examples where the book went through step by step and explained the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. We would try to go back to those examples. She would have a very hard time and just didn't seem to understand it. Mm-hmm. So in our case, I was able to uh, locate a, a private tutor that was able to come to our house and help my daughter for a little while. And after the very first session, the private tutor was like, your daughter understands it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. She takes two hours to get her homework done. And when we go back to it, she doesn't understand it. She's like, no, she does. She just doesn't um, believe in herself. And she keeps second guessing everything. So it's easier for her to say to you, no, I don't understand that math problem than to say to you, I don't think I did it right. Mm -hmm. So it it took us a few weeks, not a few weeks, actually, I think like maybe two months of tutoring to get her to the point where she had that confidence we moved forward. But my point of that was, I felt like I was reteaching and she was um, implying that I, my daughter was implying that I need to reteach her because she would say, I didn't learn that. I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. So how do parents understand how can, and I'm so sorry, I hope I'm not like dumping too much of this, but like, I I want to know. I love it. For those parents that are in that spot where you're like, well, I am reteaching because my kid doesn't get it. How do you, how do you know the difference between they learned it in class and they're just not, you're you're not having to reteach because they do know it. Yeah. So, So how do you figure that out? Well, I mean, you did exactly the right thing because you sought outside help like did you go to the teacher too I did and mm-hmm. the teacher even said to me and this is the funny part uh she was like no she gets it she gets she it. gets it yeah she just doesn't have the confidence and I'm like no 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 she doesn't you know there nobody's getting it but me so no. then I went and got the tutor and the tutor said the same thing what's once you have like three people telling you because my ex-husband at the time was like no nah, she probably gets it she's just you know playing you you're, well, you're finally like okay I don't think she was playing you. I don't think it was a conscious thing that right. she was doing. Like coming back to but it, looking back at things, it was definitely a matter of her not feeling like she had. That she didn't have that self-confidence. Yep. Okay. So question for you. Okay. How confident are you in math? Not very confident. So sometimes as parents, our own unconf- like our own, I want to say like disbelief in ourselves and mm-hmm. our abilities, especially the parts where we don't feel like we have it and we grasp it, we can unknowingly transfer that onto our kids. Not saying that our kids are like, we'll have that same thing as well, but we see a situation and automatically we think, oh my gosh, they have the same problem I did. I don't understand math. They must not understand math. And so like jumping to that conclusion, instead of listening to all the people saying around you that, you know, it is a confidence issue and all she needs to do is bring up her confidence. You're right. It probably was. I, I know I do that a lot. I take my own narrative and I put it on my kids. But I mean, everybody does that. I think everybody does that. So yeah. in that situation, I mean, you saw outside help and they told you the same thing and you're like, oh, OK. And so right. that's usually just what we do. You you pick a direction and go for it. But now hearing this and knowing that you don't need to reteach it, would that affect your decisions then? Had I gone back in time and known this? Yeah. Um. 
Um, I think, well, I think to some degree it did because I was like, I shouldn't be reteaching this to her. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't get it and the, and the teacher says like, there's nothing else that I, I can and or should do in class. Now, granted, that's not how the teacher said it. She yeah. had a much better way of it. Then I was like, okay, we'll have to seek outside help. And it took that many people to tell me that. But I think that's a really good, I, I think that was a really, really good point. I did realize right then and there that I shouldn't have to reteach mm-hmm. and that I felt like I was being asked to reteach it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you should not need to reteach. So if you feel like you need to reteach, there might be something else going on. And again, it's a great time to bring it up with the teacher. And all you do, you're very objective, being like, hi, like she's coming home and it doesn't like doesn't she's telling me I don't know how to do it. How should I respond or how do you suggest I respond? And I think that would have been a way more helpful thing. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. (laughs) Everyone out there is experiencing the same drama about homework and we're just we're here to take it off your plate. We'll be right back after a quick break. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day and it makes me feel energized even like i still add the coffee on there because i like it a lot ag1 tastes really good too and i enjoy my glass every single morning ag1 is a supplement i trust to provide the support my body needs daily and that's why i'm excited to welcome them as a new partner if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with ag1 Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yes. So number three, number three, you uh, look at the task for homework. And when I say look at the task, you need to ask yourself, is this busy work or are they practicing a valuable skill? Because I have to tell you, as a former teacher, Teachers make mistakes. Like they Hmm. make mistakes. 
For instance, my class, they were having a horrible time with spelling tests. And it was like this district mandated thing. Like you have to give a spelling test every week. Even though in your gut of guts, you're like, this isn't working for my kids. They are not learning how to spell via this. Like I don't even know how to make this work. So sometimes instead of looking at the actual value of a task, like saying like our spelling tests really the most valuable thing like we could be doing with our class time. Right. Teachers look for a way to complete the task that may not be valuable in the first place. So for in my instance with my fifth grade team, we created this monster spelling packet where this 20 spelling words were listed on the side on the first page of the packet you would have to write each spelling word five times guys we said five times I mean repetition that's what you were thinking right but yeah but I mean (laughs) if you had five yeah you had to write spelling words five times it's a hundred right I would be like school's horrible (laughs) no that is a lot of writing my hand would hurt and that wasn't that was just the first page of our dreaded packet because then we'd have it okay now you have to like break them into syllables and now you have to pick five and write them in sentences it was the most worthless use of time ever looking back on it and you know what's funny hearing you describe this this is every spelling packet my kids have gotten it was the so whole worthless. time they were in elementary school like this was the same same thing just in different ways and versions and the only thing that stopped us from doing that is we met with our school's academic coaches once a week like every team met with the academic coaches mm-hmm. and described what we were doing and the math coach judy she's like how would you feel if you got this packet and I'm like I feel pretty bad Judy (laughs) she's like so why are we giving this (laughs) and I mean that really kind of broke the spell to be like we were giving this as busy work and it's not helping the kids whatsoever so what did you guys do instead um we just took away the packet and we took the emphasis off spelling and more on actual skills that boost reading like uh teaching syllables and word segments and letter sounds and that sort of thing and and that helped and the spelling packet did not help it did not help that would be that would be the example of over the 10 minutes a night and and just being the yeah so teachers make mistakes so if you feel like something is busy work um it's very hard to approach a teacher on this because they they're they take it personally they're defensive and possibly. they take it personally it was their i know right because their heart's in the right place the heart they do it there. yes the heart is there yeah. um i would again just focus on the time be like hey this is taking an hour each night uh what do you suggest we do and right. that's it and keep having that discussion and say like oh he really does does not like to do a spelling packet like he's ripped off pages and thrown them against the wall <laughs> like and just describe what your kid does when they have to like do this task to the teacher and the teacher is going to uh going to see or they're going to give you a really good reason that they have it and you'll be like oh okay I see the reasoning behind that got it but I really like what you just said I think a lot of us as parents um we kind of have our children's meltdowns Mm -hmm. as this uh, shameful thing or something that we hide back and we don't tell everybody that our Mm -hmm. kids having this meltdown because we feel like it reflects badly upon our parenting Mm -hmm. and but if you don't give the teacher the full picture yes then they're like okay yeah your kid's just complaining because they don't want to write the spelling words too bad so sad yeah and sometimes you need to go and be be a little bit vulnerable Mm -hmm. and let the teacher know like no this is what's happening and then the teacher's like oh okay no that's way different than what I was imagining in my head, right? Yeah, because teachers care about their students. They really care about their students and they know like the emotional state, like they know that emotions are a huge part of learning. And so when you go to the teacher and you tell them that 
your child is having this huge emotional reaction, they are going to work with you. They right. are. Because emotions are a huge part of learning. I'll say it again. For the people in the back, emotions <laughs> are a huge part of learning. Now everyone together. And they do not, they do not reflect on you as a parent, your kids' emotions. They don't. We'll be right back after a quick break. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, my emotions don't reflect upon, I know my kids don't take my emotions and be like, oh, well, this is, my mom acted this way because it was my fault. No, no, no. no. So we have three steps so far. Look at the time, 10 minutes per grade level. You shouldn't have to reteach. Look at the task. If it's busy work, just ask for clarification from the teacher. Mm Mm-hmm. And number four. Number four. You shouldn't need a PhD to figure out the homework task. Yes. There's, um, I, I hear, I hear a lot and I hear from a lot of you that the homework expectations are not clear. You don't know what your child needs to do every night to complete their homework. Tell me this. Have you read your children's homework before and then reread it and then read it again? And then said, okay, I'm going to stop, walk away, come back, read it again. And you still don't understand what your kid was supposed to do. And neither does your child. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a, that's the red flag. You shouldn't need a PhD to figure out what they're supposed to do in homework. So what does that mean? Well, it means that something in the homework communication process was unclear. It doesn't mean that you need to keep trying to figure it out, but an email to the teacher could do well. Mm-hmm. Or even better, just have your kids circle it and be like, I didn't understand. Right. Because again, it's all about that communication, right? Just having your child not do it doesn't help the teacher. Yeah. They don't understand what happened there. And if there is one thing that I have learned, it's that trying to reach out to communicate with the teacher is a huge help. And even though the teacher may not be on the email right then and there, I always get an answer back from them before 
school starts again. Yeah. So like I may not. So depending upon what time I email them, right? Like if I email them right because let's say we're a family that lives five minutes from school or whatever, we, we do our homework right after the teacher's still online, I'll get an answer pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But worst case scenario, I always get an answer in the morning. And even if let's say we didn't write on the paper, mm-hmm. didn't understand the homework, that's why we didn't do this problem. If I were to at least email the teacher and say, hey, I told my son to let you know this is why he didn't do that problem. But in case he didn't, mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to let you know as well. The teacher will, I've always heard back from the teacher of like, oh, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Because it's that communication, right? That makes a big difference. It is a communication, but I would say like, you don't even need to go that far. I would put more of the responsibility on your kids than following up. Like if, if your kids have been, t- if you've told your kids, hey, like tell the teacher you don't understand this and then backed off, it's now in your kid's court. If they don't tell the teacher they understand it, they're not going to get help on that problem. Because here's something else that might happen. If you have been used to really like coaching your kids through homework and making sure they do every problem, your kid has gotten to the point where they say, I don't understand. And then they have their parent go and figure out the entire homework process for them so they don't have to. I do see that. That responsibility has been taken away from them. It makes their life much easier. They would much prefer it that way where they could sit back, play Roblox and have mom figure out what they're supposed to do for homework. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so you're telling me as a 41-year-old person, I shouldn't be going to my mom to answer my questions for me? Crap, <laughs> I've been doing this wrong. Mom, I am so sorry. But no, you're right. You're right. Like yeah. the way you just said that, I just applied it to me. Like when I have a problem, do I call my mom and dad still to have no. them help me fix it? Sometimes. And you <clears> might. All the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> you might get pushback. You might get a lot of pushback when you start doing it this way. You'll see some temper tantrums because your kid has been used to you taking care of the problems and homework. And it's okay if they fight back. You can tell them something simply being like, you know what? I haven't been doing the best thing for you. I know that when you grow up, you need to solve problems on your own. And so I need to let you solve this problem on your own so you get practice in it. Right. And that's not the same thing as walking away from your kindergartner that needs you to read their homework to them. Yeah, that's not the same thing. That's like telling (laughs) a, a third grader or a fourth grader who doesn't understand the homework assignment that, hey, circle this problem And go ask your teacher in class because here's another thing that'll happen. Mm -hmm. If you refuse to help, sometimes they'll be like, no, I can't tell my teacher I don't understand it. And they will figure out that problem on their own. The more successes your child has at working through a problem, the more they're going to be able to reflect back on it or you're going to be able to help remind them hey, did you figure out your homework last time? Did you figure out this problem last time? Remember when you had this problem? And it, and and when I'm saying problem, I'm talking about universal problem, right? It doesn't have to be schoolwork. could be whatever. But remember where you had a challenge or a problem before and you figured it out? You can do this, buddy. Yeah. And they build up their confidence that, yes, I am a problem solver. I can figure out my own problems. And the temper tantrums become less and less and they get greater confidence. So it's a win-win. Yes. It's a win-win. So those are the four things to do if you are worried if your kid has the right amount of homework. Now, if you're still feeling, and I bet you are still feeling like, oh my gosh, this whole virtual schooling and homework, it is really dragging me down and I need a lot more help. I would love to connect with other parents. I I need to feel better about this. If this homework stress were taken away from my life, oh my gosh, life would be so much better. So we want to invite you to sign up for our live event happening the week of January 25th. It is called Homework Simplified. And 
what mm-hmm. it is, it is live sessions with me and Bree. We come on live in the group. We answer your questions of homework and we give you some very, very actionable things that you can do. People who attended this in August, oh my gosh, they loved it. They had, we had so much fun. We had dance parties and they walked away having like a toolbox full of things that they could try with their kids in regards to homework. So come and sign up. We have the link right here in the show notes. It is the week again of January 25th and come meet us. We want to meet you. And we want to help you get that support that you need. And it's all online from the comfort of your own home, obviously. <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> we can't because, go anywhere. Because that's our lives for a little while, people. That's, that's our, our lives. lives. Hey, if you've enjoyed this podcast, can you share it with people? We would love to get the word out about the No Guilt Mom podcast. Share it. Let your friend know. Anyone who needs some encouragement in their life. And while you're here, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. Until Until next time, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.